Good evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023, and I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar, Evening of Solutions for the New Alberta, a New Alberta, brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. APP's purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. Of course, we couldn't do this without your help. If this is your first time watching, Welcome, and I hope you find this information engaging and wanting to find out more. And if you're a regular APP webinar viewer, thank you for your support. We couldn't do this without you. APP is membership driven with a goal of a million plus members to help steer the political process. We've been asked in the past if you have to be Albertan to join APP. No, and in fact, we encourage anyone to join, especially if you believe in freedom and are watching what's going on in Alberta and in Canada. I'm going to bring up our website here, which I should have done earlier, but I'm going to do that right now. Da, da, da. You can go and check out more at albertaprosperityproject.com. We have APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for $30, three years for $40, or you can even make a donation. We also have APP merchandise at our APP store, and you can go get yourself a cute little kid kid outfit like this or maybe a cap and uh, we also are requesting the people please sign up and register for the petition to establish Alberta's independence page uh, is this one right here and you can get to it at, at bit.ly slash ab vote yes and uh, we can see already we've got 13,000 signatures but we're well on our way to 600,000 which is going to be needed in time for a referendum question. So now due to the new Canadian censorship laws, which we will be talking about tonight, uh, and we're unable to show news links in online content, uh, and I do question, are we actually news? We're not really sure, but we do ask you to share, share, share this episode. Tonight's, tonight's episode is called Countering Government Overreach and Global Agendas, and I will be joined by Jason Levine, who looks like this guy. And uh, he is an independent journalist and an MP candidate in Yellowhead, Alberta. And according to his Twitter and X account, he is countering government overreach firmly against the globalist agenda. I need to change mine to say exactly that because that's right on the money. Uh, and we'll also be joined by Christopher Scott, the CEO of APP. And of course, he was in the news this week, and I'm sure we'll uh, be talking a little bit about that. And of course, we'll be talking about the state of freedom in Alberta and the importance of independent journalism. This is a live webinar, so we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. Just put three question marks before your question so it'll be flagged and we can quickly view the questions. And with that, I am going to bring Jason online. And I'm also going to bring Christopher Scott, who's out driving, probably shouldn't be doing that, but he he's a free man now, so he... <laughs> He's able to do what he wants. <laughs> How are you doing there, Jason? Tell me what to do, Mom. I'm doing great, Terry. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. We just finished up uh, uh, talking for about 20 minutes on Jason Levine's show. And uh, Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your show? Because uh, really, I'm, maybe not a lot of our APP webinar viewers know what is that noise? Uh, know about you, and uh, and maybe we should uh, know you a little bit better before we get right into the meat and potatoes of all this. So, 
Sounds good. Thank you very much for having me, Carrie. Yeah, so my name is Jason Levine. I'm an independent journalist. I'm also an independent candidate in Yellowhead, which is west of Edmonton, uh, all the way to the border for BC. Uh, we go from Edson in the north down to Rocky Mountain House in the south, and it's quite a large uh, region. And uh, yeah, I'm running as the MP for that for the next federal election. I'm an independent guy, so I'm not yeah. joining a party. I've certainly talked to some parties, and, and I'm, I'm a conservative independent, so I definitely lean strongly in the conservative way. Uh, but what I do believe is uh, we need to have some more voices that are not party limited, uh, yes. the party platform, the party whip. And uh, Yellowhead has been loud and clear for the last couple of years. They're pretty, pretty frustrated. I'm not going to say fed up, but mm -hmm. pretty frustrated with what's been going on here. Uh, they're definitely tuning in now and they're paying a lot more attention. Uh, and this has allowed me to become a journalist uh, mm -hmm. to get this out to uh, my neighbors and Alberta and then the rest of Canada. And I'm doing that through uh, three podcasts, actually. So I got three wow. shows on the go. Okay. I have my morning show, which I call Good Morning with Jason. And currently, this is dedicated to the political prisoners problem here in Canada. Okay. Of course, centered around the four gentlemen here uh, in our remand sent systems in Alberta. So Chris, o um, Chris Lysick, uh, Tony Olenek, uh, Jerry Morin and uh, Chris Carbert, uh, four right. gentlemen kind of known as the Coots Four, but really the Coots Men. And uh, I've been following that that story for about two months now. And so you, every do that, morning, you do that every morning. What, what time is that mountain? mountain 6 a.m. Mountain Time, 8 a.m. Wow. Eastern Time. Uh, okay. We'll do it live for about two hours. I have a co-host with me. His name is Donald Best, who's a police officer from, an ex-police officer from Toronto. He himself is a political prisoner. He spent uh, 62 days, I believe it is, in solitary confinement on bogus charges, corrupt uh, lawyers, corrupt judges wow. put him there. Uh, yeah. He was vindicated, so he's actually been cleared of all those charges, and he's uh, got quite the story to tell. So every morning I, I team up with Donald, and we always bring on a guest or two, uh, yeah. experts, family members, uh, friends of the, of the men, and, and we talk about the situation. So that's mm -hmm. my morning show every morning at 6 a.m. Uh, four days a week, so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I do the Yellowhead Yacht Club, and this is an interview show. So yesterday we had um, uh, Brian Peckford on, so we got to speak to him for two hours awesome. about the concert, about the uh, the abuse of the charter. It was an excellent episode. Uh, we've had Maxine Bernier on. We've had many, many Theo Fleury. We've had lots of excellent uh, people come on and explain to us uh, what's going on in the freedom movement, where they yeah. stand on certain things. Yeah. And then every Wednesday, which is the show that you joined me on today, I have what's called the Great Canadian Relay. So mm -hmm. we start over in Nova Scotia. And we make our way across Canada, speaking to various Canadians uh, from each region. So we're getting regional news, what's going on, right from Canadians for Canadians. And both you and Chris joined us today for Alberta, where you got to explain Absolutely. to us what was going on with Chris and, yeah. and some of the, the stuff happening in Alberta. And we go all the way up to the Yukon, Northwest Territories, and Nunavik to get the news. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the big story up there right now is they're on fire and, yes, and they're they evacuating and dealing yeah. with that. Yeah. So those will be the three podcasts that I, I do each week. And uh, yeah, we do uh, 10 shows a week, minimum. Wow. And, then, so you... and then I do interviews like this as well. <laughs> You're almost as busy as Chris and myself. <laughs> almost, almost. I, I I can be stationary. I don't have to drive around to get stuff in, but nope. no, almost. As That's busy. right. Exactly. I actually, uh, because Chris is driving and I think that is uh, background noise. Uh, I muted his mic. I'm just going to unmute him and uh, maybe he'll chime in and just say hi. And because uh, if it is, then uh, 
I'm going to tell him just like, uh, just like Easton says, uh, Chris Scott, pull over and park for safety. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, are you sorry, there? I can't, I, sorry, I couldn't hear that. <laughs> I heard somebody telling me what to do and I kind of muted it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now you're, now you're immune to doing that. You will not comply with that statement. Well, no, folks, I'm perfectly safe. It's no different than having a conversation with somebody in your passenger seat. And uh, to, to my benefit, I don't want to look at the screen because then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have to look at Carrie. So uh, yeah, that prevents me from being distracted. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Um, yeah, so today we wanted to talk about, uh, you know, journalism and, uh, and how the federal government is, is basically preventing that. Uh, with uh, the bills that have passed C11 and C18, kind of we call them the censorship bills and and that. Mm -hmm. And you know everybody that we know used to go to Facebook or maybe even uh, Twitter to a certain extent and a one-stop shop to get their news. And now that we're in Canada and uh, our IP addresses all show that we're within Canada, we're unable to get that information. And of course the the idea behind that is sound. They always have these great ideas when they come up with legislation, right? So mm -hmm. it seems that uh, you would end up going to um, say Facebook as an example, and uh, which is a great example, and you would find the CBC feed, you'd find the global news feed, you'd find the Western Standard feed, you get your information from there. But the actual independent news companies like Western Standard, they don't really get any money from that. And yet you're still getting the feed through Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. And now what the legislation has basically said is that, you know what, we're not giving Facebook the permission in order to do that. So now if you share a link or you even go to, and I think I've actually looked for a couple of pages here um, on my Facebook here. Let's just see. If I go to Rebel News here, just as an example, this is, my, this is what I see on Rebel News on Facebook. Right, people in Canada can't see this content, and that's it. Like there's there's nothing there, so I'm actually forced to not go to a one-stop shop place and and actually go to the individual sites, which honestly I don't have a problem with. I, and I I subscribe to Western Standard, I subscribe to Rebel News, True North, all that, and and it's just another type of Netflix subscription, you know, eight, mm -hmm. five, ten bucks a month or whatever it is. And I'm getting local news, but the problem is, is that I have to go to each individual site, right? And uh, and even so, here's something that maybe Chris knows or doesn't know, but as soon as Chris's case uh, happened yesterday, was it only yesterday? No, it was Monday. Yeah, a couple of days um, ago. Yeah, a couple of days ago. Um, things things lit up on on Twitter. Things lit up on uh, some of the sites. The Red Deer Advocate came out uh, and and did a story. And again, you can only go to the Red Deer Advocate in order to find that. But Chris is not on Rebel News yet. Did you know that, Chris? You're you're on Western Standard, you're on True North, but you're not on Rebel News, and yet... No, I Rebel was I was on there, but it was... Uh, I think Rebel had shared another uh, media outlet's reporting. Oh, okay. Okay, so then maybe that's, that's all it was. So, And again, I can't see that because if I go just to Facebook, I can't see a thing. But if I go to the actual uh, Rebel News page, and I'm just going to do that now just because I know I had this open. Oh, no, it's not open because it's locked on my Rebel News Plus. But let me just see if I can change that. 
There you go. No, it still won't show that. But anyways, I'm just going to show you. So if I go directly to there, and then I end up scrolling down, you know, that's kind of what I end up getting. And let's just see if Chris is showing up here in the first little bit. I was I was way down. I'm I'm you're, old news. You're on the bottom. You're always on the bottom. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, as I scroll more, Chris can't uh, look because he is uh, driving. But uh, no, I don't see it. Anyways, the point being is that these these sorts of things have really put a put. Um, undue or unfair pressure, I guess, on individual journalists in order mm -hmm. to actually make you want to sign up for their pages and pay us uh, a subscription fee. And of course, even with uh, our own, uh, you know, the Alberta Prosperity Project allows us this platform, which is great. And, uh, and we do these webinars. And the idea is that, you know, we, we really do want to try and convince people to join and become part of the APP. So, you know, the membership goes towards doing this. Chris and I don't make any money off of this. We do, definitely do it volunteer. But even with our own, the Chris and Carrie show, we don't get anything off of that because in theory, we're not an accredited news source, right? right? And probably in the same thing with you, like you basically have to ask, people to make a donation right well currently that's not my model but at some point i'm going to have to look at that because yes. i do have to keep the lights on yeah for sure. you know and that, that's exactly right so you know the way i wanted to talk about this is 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 this a good model going forward uh is it going to limit things in in terms of journalism because again if if you 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 used to go to facebook to to see the news and of course with the wildfires that are coming out that was that was hot news for a little mm -hmm. while and still is but people is prior to you know like even last year it definitely would have shown up on our feed and and we would have seen a bunch of individual stories and stories from independent journalists uh, stories from cbc and uh and uh, ctv and now we don't see any of that no, it's a, it's a definitely disturbing uh, when you're actually looking for news and you want to be part of news. And yeah. it's a double whammy for independent news media like me mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. because I'm not accredited. I have no intention yeah. to become accredited because yeah. accredited yeah. means government approved. And yeah. I really don't need to be government approved. However, I am being lumped into the Bill C-18 side of things because yeah. I simply report news. Yeah. So they, they created this bill under the guise of trying to pay for news and, and make it uh, a way for news organizations to collect clicks or collect fees yeah. on clicks. But we don't have the option to opt out of that so that Facebook will go ahead and let us be on there or yeah. Google or otherwise. So yeah. it's a double whammy for us independents because we don't get to opt out. So they're already trying to represent us and we're not accredited so we don't even have the privileges of an accredited media where we can right. go to courts and record and stuff like that so that, independent that is a big thing absolutely it's that a is huge a thing, thing. Yeah. yeah so so we have the um deficiency of being limited in distribution mm -hmm. without the benefit of being accredited and we can't do anything about this there's no checkbox that says i am not accredited and i don't want to be part of this program there's That's no right. option. Yeah. The and it appears uh, the government is just making lists and passing it off to Facebook on who they call media 
and it doesn't include only accredited. It includes people like me. That's right. Um, so this is a challenge. Now I had uh, Morgan. Uh, oh, what's his name now? Corey uh, Morgan. Corey Morgan. Thank you very much. Yeah, from Western yeah. Standard on, yeah. and we were talking about this. And at first, they thought it wasn't going to be a big deal because they already have their website and they have their subscribers. Yeah. But what he identified as a problem that they didn't consider that is a huge problem is new subscribers. So they yes. have almost no way of showing themselves out there for new subscribers. So they, right. pla they plateaued. Like they're not gaining new subscribers anymore through any of their distribution that they had before. You're so it's really... Right. Yeah. So it's really three-prong approach now. I, I'm not accredited, so I can't go into the courts. I can't go into government buildings and interview people. Yeah. I am now part of a distribution limiting uh, scheme where I'm not being distributed. And I'm unable to reach new viewers because the mechanisms for that are limited or completely blocked for me now. Yeah. Um, and, and personally, it's even one step further. I lost my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, for reporting. So my YouTube channel was deleted just last week um, because we were reporting on the Detective Helen Cruz case out of uh, Ottawa. Yeah. And uh, what she's being, what the hearing is about, she's possibly losing her job. Uh, I'm not sure if you're on YouTube or not. I'm not sure if I can say anything here. But it's related to, you know, that thing that nobody likes anymore, that drug. Um, yeah. And just simply talking about the prosecution's case, what they're accusing her of, uh, struck me on YouTube and deleted my channel. Um, and, and that was the deleted, end of that. no, no, like, no warning, just <laughs> no, the warning. Well, I did have two strikes, but again, wow. these were for misinformation on medical misinformation, but they okay. weren't. Again, yeah. we, we were just reporting, uh, because we're reporters, we're, we're not creating a story, we're not creating a narrative, we don't have an agenda, we're reporting on what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so I already had two strikes that I think were unfair. Yeah, but yeah. reporting on Detective Groose, that was it. And when they delete your channel, they are hardcore. So my Google account itself that was tied to that channel is yeah. also blocked from going on YouTube. Uh, so even though I'm a premium subscriber, I can't even log in. <laughs> I get a, you're, you're blocked on this service message. Wow. And it's also extended outside of YouTube now. Uh, yesterday, I found out I'm now blocked on OpenAI. So ChatGPT, where I have a paid really? subscription. Yes, sir. Uh, where I have a paid subscription, uh, my Google account is blocked there. So unfortunately, there's a bit of a ripple effect. If you want to report the news here from Canada, uh, just get the truth out. Uh, there's penalties and consequences that stretch all the way to my ability to use ChatGPT. Um, so I'm finding this to be an incredible environment to be in now. And I certainly believe it's uh, Bill C-18, but it's causing me these uh, complications at this moment. I know a lot of people have said to us, you know, you just use a VPN and uh, and pretend you're in the U.S. or pretend you're in Australia or something. That's fine if you just want to get the news. But there's a lot of times where, you know, everybody jokes about the uh, the way that, you know, you're talking about, I'm going to talk about bottled water. And the next mm -hmm. thing you know is you get all these ads about bottled water, right? right. And, uh, and but there would be local right? Uh, locally sourced or maybe from the your, uh, your corner grocery store or something like that. I don't mind actually having those ads pop up or even just some local stories or, you know, even if you're shopping for something, it's a local marketplace. So if the way I would end up having to use that would be I'd turn the VPN on and turn it off and turn it on and it would drive me absolutely bonkers. So is that a good thing or not? I don't know. It's just another another tool that's been thrown in 
by the bureaucrats and the government to not really make our lives easier. Certainly not. I, I don't think so. No, Bill C-11, it came in under the guise of Canadian content and helping with Canadian content. Now, I was part of the entertainment industry before I got into this, and I worked for a company called Take a Break, and we were purchased by a company called Maple Music, which is a label, an indie label in Canada, the largest yeah. one. So I was exposed to Canadian content requirements when it came to production of events and music and this kind of stuff. And it got really weird. For example, we had to count how many people worked for us at an event yeah. and it had to be a certain number of Canadians just full stop and you had to hire a certain number of people and yeah. if you had some American content you had to balance it with Canadian content like even on a show That's level right. yeah. so yeah. so if we flew somebody in from the states I was an American artist we had to have a certain amount of Canadian content as well now so, like, typically that was the way you know radio stations worked you had to always have you know exactly 20, 30 percent yeah. Canadian content and again that was a CRTC thing right Correct. So this Which, is so Bill C eleven is an extension of that C11, to the exactly. online world. That's right. Yeah. Correct. So yeah, we've had this around for a long time. Arguments are out on whether or not it works or helps, but this is why we would hear Alanis Morissette like thirty times a day That's because right. we only had a few Canadians that would be on the radio. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if that helps. And Canada and New Zealand are the only two jurisdictions that do this. Uh, because they're close to a large neighbor, so Australia for New Zealand, uh, yeah. and they're trying to keep their identity. So as you can see here, Chris, or and Carrie, the um, actual identity politics in Canada started a long time ago yeah. uh, because this is the extension of an identity for Canadian law that we put into place, which actually required Canadians to do certain things for Canadians. Yeah. With penalty, if you don't, you could be fined. You can lose licenses for broadcasting with the CRTC. There's actual penalties to Canadians who don't go along with this. So I found, you know, this is a bit of a type of identity politics that creeped into our entertainment early, and now yeah. it's extending itself to our online activity as well. <clears throat> we were we were concerned that this is just like where does it stop? Like, is it going to be to our own personal pages that we won't be able to report on something that's happening in Calgary because uh, you're in Edmonton and you can't see what's happening in Calgary? Yeah, it's a good question. And how are they going to enforce it, too, was always a question that we had on the technical yeah. side of things. As a technologist first, my yeah. first career was technology. Yeah. I was curious how they're going to enforce this. And this is why we saw YouTube and others really push back on Bill C-11. Yeah. Because what it said was... YouTube would have to re have requirements to adjust their recommendation engine so mm -hmm. that they're producing a, and, and recommending more Canadian content than they would organically. Yeah. Uh, and this became a challenge. Now, I don't know how they've worked it out, if they worked it out or not, but uh, I haven't been approached yet because my channel is now deleted. But mm -hmm. I'm sure that if I keep doing this at some point, if I'm covering too much American news, they're going to send me a notice or a warning or... I might actually get a list of do not talk. I haven't received one yet, but no. some of the wording in there did imply that uh, subjects and subject matter could be uh, regulated. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with that and how they're going to enforce it. And I noticed in your chat, a whole bunch of people are empathetic and sympathetic to me losing yeah. my channel. I am on Rumble. I've been on Rumble the entire yeah. time. And that was so exactly what the question was. And, you know, and, yeah. and, and we are, we're on Rumble too, but you don't have the audience 
of correct of so that's what i would you touch also on don't, you don't have a revenue stream that that really works uh you have to hit a certain number of subscribers but and really i guess youtube you, you do as well but mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem to have the same it's it's like all these say facebook or twitter wannabes that are that are springing up you, you they they're not the original they're not the one no. with millions of subscribers so to go to rumble absolutely if you if you if you can and, and i know you're on there and, and like mm -hmm. i said uh the app webinars are on there uh we often will do uh uh recording of events through app and they're on rumble as well uh, although not as quick as up say if you do something on a saturday it may not be up for you know a week or whatever later on but that's where we try and post our stuff too, because it's definitely less censored. And I believe yeah. we can also post links in Facebook to uh, the Rumble Rumble channels, right? So, yeah. Now, there's some advantages and disadvantages. So, Rumble is really good for channels. So, if you have a yeah. channel, you have an audience. It's wonderful. Yes, yeah. you're not censored. You can say whatever you want. You can get that there. Yeah. But they, they don't do a lot right now for content. They have a homepage where where you can get on there, but it's not organic. It's not an algorithm. It, it's the people put it on there. The actual employees of Rumble put it on there. So you have to know somebody. Unfortunately for me, they've reached out, and I now have a contact, so I can do that. Mm -hmm. But to talk to your audience, the reason why YouTube is so important to me is that's typically where the sleeping people are, the ones that need to be awoke are. Uh, they're there. If you're already awake and, and you're smart on what's going on with media, you're already on Rumble. You're already yeah. there, so which is yeah. good news. But if you haven't made that switch to truth, you're still in YouTube. So mm -hmm. what my goal there was, uh, if you want to help the poor, you go to the poor neighborhood. If you want to mm -hmm. help the injured, you go where the people are injured. That's so true. if we want to help people wake up, you got to go to YouTube to wake them up. So I see this as not just censorship, but it's actually eliminating my ability to reach new people that need yeah. to hear some of these messages. And that could be part of the design of why being blocked and being deleted is starting to become a, a thing for Canadian content, especially if you're conservative leaning. Yeah. Our friend uh, Herbert uh, asked, if you had your own server, would you not be able to answer or answer this for all your problems? Well-known bloggers do that in Germany. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, again, it's, you, you could run your own web page with your own web content. That is not the issue. The issue is, is that if you wanted to share it through something like, like Facebook or YouTube, that's where you get your audience, right? Otherwise you really have to go and say, look, how are you going to find me? Find, mm -hmm. find Gary, find uh, uh, Jason. And, and, and again, how do you do that? Well, it's, a proper marketing is not just you go and you, you do a Facebook ad, right? You, you do everything. Right. You do newspaper ads saying this is where you're going to go, uh, you know, make postcards as mail and mail uh, uh, and, and drop them off at people's houses or go knock on their doors. That is the way that you engage people and actually do this. But we're, we're so used to being, especially after these last few years, they forced us to actually just sit at home and try mm -hmm. and make sense of all this. And for the most part, we just ended up being on one platform. Yeah, and, and doing the website thing is not a bad plan, yeah. um, especially if you're planning to do subscriptions and hold your subscriptions there. Yeah. Uh, you see like Tim Pool, that's his model, which works mm -hmm. for him. So he's on YouTube for a bit. He'll talk there and then he'll cut over to his his website to have uncensored conversation. And that works. Oh, yes. Uh, you yeah, got, yeah. 
Yeah, you have the Viva Fry model as well, which is a, the first hour on YouTube and then the next part on Rumble. And then after that, you go to Locals for more exclusive stuff. Yeah, I think Jordan so Peterson a, did that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Daily Wire kind of really uh, cemented this model as well because now you yeah. can just subscribe to multiple uh, people and get access to it that way. So you're not even worried about uh, yeah. switching from YouTube and stuff like that. There's a few models out there. And Canada, we're still a little bit behind on that. There is a network called the Freedom Network, which is coming together, which looks like it's going to be a daily wire type of thing for Canada. So you'll be able to find content there through subscription. But for me, I'm still, my main purpose isn't monetization. My main purpose is to grow my base uh, because I'm running for an election. I'm not really trying to become a paid YouTuber. I'm trying yeah. to reach an audience and, and oh, look at that, <laughs> just from the there character's home. Yeah, uh, to go from uh, an audience that wants to hear the content to people who want to vote for me and build my base, because uh, that's my right. goal here, not the monetization. One of the, so it one does of the, hurt my reach. Oh, for sure. One of the comments, that, and it's more than more than just uh, Wendy has said this. As a senior, we cannot afford to subscribe to all these platforms. Mm-hmm. And, we we just have enough money just for for living, and and I totally agree. And this is the one thing that the government probably should have. I'd done a lot more consulting and trying figuring out whether like what what were the pros and cons of this as opposed to just you know we're we're doing this come hell or high water and again this was this is a federal thing and that's that's how we like to bring things back into the app realm and the solutions mm-hmm. is this was done up in uh, a federal uh, parliament and they came through with these these global or not global. Uh, countrywide uh, solutions, but yet that is encroaching on our own freedom of speech in, in Now, granted, that is federal jurisdiction, much like uh, traveling on an airplane and and uh, and that sort of thing. But really, we should be able to do what we want within Alberta, right? And uh, and I think that's the issue that we ran into with it with with the uh with this particular bill is well if i'm actually looking at something that's happening news wise in alberta i should be able to see anything that's going on in alberta and you know i've actually even noticed that i subscribe to uh, a lot of these we'll call them freedom channels or whatever you want to call it in manitoba i'm originally from manitoba so i've got a little bit of a vested interest in finding out what's going on over there and i'm getting nothing now like I, unless I specifically go to that page, I will find nothing available for me to look at. Yeah, it doesn't even show up in my feed. So, well, and and what it has caused, though, which could be a good thing, is there seems to be a demand for long form podcasts now of Canadian yeah. content. So yeah. people are kind of getting fed up of going for the subscription stuff, and they're looking for shows like this. Um, yeah. and, and mine as well. So there's that benefit there, but they're definitely throttling us on the platforms out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Even on X, I'm throttled tremendously. Um, yeah. It's kind of weird to see. For some reason, your tweet about Chris Scott uh, made it through, so I did quite well on that one. And by yeah. the way, you guys have to move your restaurant to Red Deer because that's what I said. So <laughs> you have to move it to Red Deer just to make my, my tweet accurate. And we have so, to change and, the spelling of Red Deer as well because I screwed up on I, that as well. And I'm not sure whether that was on, on purpose. Like, uh, But here's the, here's the thing. I would say every few weeks I go on the Google uh, uh, 
whatever you call it, the, uh, the, 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 the list that shows, you know, what's your contact information and all that. And I put in the address and it's 4727 or 472449 Ave Mir, I believe. Yeah, for, yeah. So I put that in and, uh, and it shows up as being in Mir and everything is all good, you know, and then you go back and you try and do that again and it shows it up as being in Red Deer. Right, and that's where right. I screwed up because they googled address. it. And really, I mean, that same address could show up in. Uh, it probably wouldn't show up in Edmonton because I don't think the numbers start that uh, that low. But it would definitely show up in Calgary, and um, so it just seems to be odd that that particular thing is showing up. And and I've gone back through Google to 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 make comments about that as well. Um, Chris, you know what? It's not odd when you consider that people can make Google edits themselves. And that's that. It just like Wikipedia, you can go in and do a Wikipedia edit and uh, call yourself the king of France if you want. Well, I got a story about that yeah. though, because I tried to add myself to the yellow. Hey, before before you get website. into that, before you get into that story, <laughs> I think first of all, there's another freaking delay on in which I pay through the nose for because I'm in rural oh. Alberta. Even though yeah. the government said they're going to fix rural Alberta internet, hasn't happened. Anyhow, there was a comment you put up there, Carrie, about people not being able to afford all these subscriptions? Yes. Yep. Or was I imagining it? No, that's good. No, no, uh, no, that for a minute. That was, that was Wendy. Um, As a senior, we cannot afford to subscribe to all these platforms. We have just enough expenses. Living. Yeah. And now we're waited yeah. on baiting breath. So <laughs> we pay for media that we don't get anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can anyone hear me? Is this even working? Yeah, we can hear you. We can. You, we pay for media. We don't get. Yep. It's kind of like the delay with, that we had with Jasper the other day. I'm gonna log out and log back in again. It's really okay. That is totally fine. <laughs> cool. I'll get to the Wikipedia story then. Yeah, um, please do. Yeah, yeah. So early in my uh, candidacy, I went to the Wikipedia page and it listed off the different candidates that are available. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I know how to edit and that kind of stuff. So I jumped in there and I edited at the bottom. I added to the bottom. Uh, you know, Jason Levine, independent. I think that was all that I said. That's all I said. Yeah. Um, and I was all, oh, look, look, I'm on Wikipedia now. Within the hour, it was removed. I'm like, oh, weird. Um, mm -hmm. So I put it back. And then yeah. like, right away, it was removed. And I get an email from some gentleman in Ottawa who manages and basically owns um, all of the Election Canada-related writing web pages on, on uh, uh, Wikipedia. Okay. And he says... He says, there's no EDA for you. So electoral district, uh, um, what's the A mean for administration or something like that? Uh, and anyways, you need to have an actual district uh, uh, organization registered with Elections Canada in order to be oh, like an actual constituency association or something. That's like that. it. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you yeah. need to actually have one of those to be on this page. I'm like, okay. But independence by definition are not part of a party so we don't do that yeah. and he's like well as soon as the writ drops then maybe we'll add you i'm like maybe like how in the world do it does an independent get added to a wikipedia page then and then he basically said well we'll have to change how all these pages do work in order to make that happen hit me back later i'm like wow so even just a little censorship like that like i can't even have a line on the wikipedia page which is made by people because yeah. there's this guy who has this administrative rights on it in uh, Ottawa who yeah. controls what goes on all of them, and he yeah. won't approve that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not listed on the Wikipedia page, and I probably won't be because I'm not going to have uh, 
a actual you're, district. I, yeah, you're right. And you're not part of a, a political party. So I ended up running for uh, the Independence Party in uh, mm -hmm. May or as an MLA. And at least then I was able to do some stuff prior to the writ being dropped. But if you were an actual independent, and I know there was a, a guy here, and I forget what his name is off the top of my head, but he ran as an actual independent. And he is totally behind the eight ball because he couldn't do anything until whatever date that was, May 2nd or something. In the meantime, mm -hmm. all the other parties had probably been uh, canvassing for six months or longer. So it really yeah. does, it does make things a little difficult for the little guy, right? Yeah, no, in Elections Canada, doesn't make it easy either for independents. Yeah. So there's a special rule in the election financing portion of this, yeah. where if you're independent, you're maxed out to, I think, 5,000 total that you can contribute to your own, to your right. own candidacy total. No matter how many years you're running or, or anything like that, that's total. Yeah. Yeah. And there is no limit like that for parties. That's so right. independents have a limit of $5,000 as a candidate for yourself. No one else has a limit. So yeah. I find that peculiar because I absolutely have to go get support. I yeah. can't self-fund. Now, um, having said, having well, said there, that... Hold I, on a sec, guys. There's I, a reason for some of this. Oh, I know. And, and I was like, just going to say... There's a reason. Imagine, imagine I'm a 70-some-odd-year-old guy with orange hair, and I just wanted to be in politics in Canada. Yeah. If you drop a billion dollars on an election campaign, you're going to win. Most likely, you're going to win. And Money. same with... like. I don't agree that the rules for independence are fair at all. I think a lot of it is bonkers, but consider this. There's no rules. It's just you can just sign up as an independent and run. Yeah. How many people would Canadians have to filter through before they found candidates that actually wanted to do this, right? Like independent candidates in this country and in this province, they're required to jump through some serious hoops that yeah. make it very apparent that they have some skin in the game and they really want to do this. Yeah. And I don't think they should have to do as much as they do, but there are reasons for some of those rules. Yeah, I well, that, I ended up I ended up uh, talking with somebody this weekend uh, that actually ran it as an MLA candidate in uh, Rachel Notley's riding, and I think she well she had over twenty people running in that riding, and and the reason is is because everyone was focused on her in that riding, and and he knew that he'd at least be able to be in front of the camera talking about that so you get those people that are basically just wanting to to have a platform in order to to speak and he and was you running know what else you can do as another candidate you can yeah. get 20 of your friends to also run as independents and pull yeah. votes from other people and then at the very last minute um drop out and uh and 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 support you. that candidate right that that's happened in the states actually quite a bit that's happened yeah. in alberta with some of the elections although in a roundabout way because they have to use the the, the current legal framework to do it, but it yeah. does happen. So yeah. let me quickly go way back to before my computer was being uh, that word that Carrie and I use on our show, but I'm not going to use here. So we, we were talking about uh, how it's expensive to do all these things. If you have a subscription to Western Standard, Rebel, uh, the Whistle Stop Cafe supporters group, which is the best one out of all of them, by the way, and sure. you know you memberships and all these things, you could easily be spending two or $300 a month. On memberships yeah, yeah so you know people say all the time well why should i have to pay western standard for news and my answer to that and i'm I, you guys probably already discussed this was we already pay that through our taxes the canadian I media fund distributes something like 1.8 billion dollars a year yeah, of your right. tax money of our tax money to uh media organizations and the idea was that it was supposed to encourage promote and 
and help out Canadian content and Canadian news organizations. But what it's become is the media party. It's become the state run mm -hmm. propaganda arm of the Canadian government of Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have a really good idea on how we could we could fix that. I mean, you know, if Alberta had some leverage to be a voice in the West, we mm -hmm. could have that one of those things on our list that, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. We're not sending billions of dollars to Ottawa so that you guys can buy off the media. Um, we're going to do it ourselves and encourage people to speak the truth to get viewers instead of um, speak government propaganda in order to get the handout and continue going. Right. That's that's one of the solutions that the Alberta Prosperity Project actually has in policy. If you if you check, check that out on the website. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, no, and no, what I, do you, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think about bringing it down to a provincial level and take it away from the federal? Well, why not? Why why shouldn't it be that way? We're, the the whole idea of confederation. We Canada is not a federation, folks. There's a reason for that. Words matter. Confederation mm -hmm. literally means against federation. The provinces and the colonies that made up Confeder uh, Canada way back in the day were completely against the idea of losing their cultural identities and their values and their principles and giving it over to uh, Central Canada. We didn't want that. Nobody wanted that. We still don't actually want it, although most people don't know that. So Absolutely. why would it not be that the provinces should have jurisdiction in their media and how they deliver news to the people in our provinces? That's that's. I can't even stress how important that is in the conversations that we're having these days how how being in a confederation is so different it's so different than a federation a, a federalized uh a group who who looks to the the central planning department so to speak i.e ottawa to make all the decisions they shouldn't be making these decisions they mm -hmm. shouldn't be making decisions about your education your health care how you receive media any of those things it should be the provinces that do it and that's really uh, if you think about it, that's the only way that a country or or collective, collaborative group the size of Canada could ever uh, could ever get along is if we're allowed to be individually different, right? Mm. Yeah, and it doesn't help that each province is handled differently. So Quebec has some different rules. Auto Ontario right. has some different rules. Yeah. Quebec yeah. has three justices in the Supreme Court. Alberta certainly doesn't. Um, yeah. And then the East provinces have a lot more power than they really should because that's where the population was in the early days when they were drafting all this out. But now that we've moved across Canada and filled this country out, we are way behind on our constitution and Absolutely. on how each province is being treated. I'd like to see a new provincial deal where we all have the exact same deal. Uh, that'd be, that'd be wonderful. And, and, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we can actually do that. We can do that. And Alberta seems to be leading the way in in resolving some of these issues and i don't think it's going to be a it's not gonna be a quick fix but we we need some constitutional reform for sure yeah. and we can do that but not any other way than negotiating with leverage with the federal government because jason i'm sure you know what it takes to open and amend the constitution it's yeah you know, seven, seven, seven provinces 50 percent of the population yeah, yeah exactly so the the hurdles it's it's a monumental task it's almost undoable uh, almost an insurmountable task, but Alberta, if we stood up, we did the same thing that Quebec did, and we had that referendum that we could use as leverage, we could say, hey, we are not happy with uh, the federal government censoring our news. We are not happy with uh, funneling our tax money to support a propaganda arm of the government. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're willing to work with Confederation and, and stay here if we fix those things. And and if we if we started a negotiation 
like that with the leverage, you know, we could fix some of these things. And that's that's what the APP is is really all about, empowering the provincial government to take control mm -hmm. of some of these things that we've lost to the federal government. So yeah. it's uh, it's amazing how this stuff always has a segue back into this leverage and the province standing up for itself. For itself. That's right, yeah. yeah. Chris, uh, Chris says in Jason's interview with the Honorable uh, Brian Peckford, which which was yesterday? When did you yesterday do Yesterday, yes. Peckford was quite clear that the provincial governments totally muddy the water whenever they stupidly accept any funding towards anything that should be total provincial territory. Especially healthcare. Healthcare that's is big whip on us. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, I both agree and disagree with that statement. So um, I've met Brian Peckford, uh, spent some time with him. Carrie was spent time with him in Ottawa. He's a, he's a really, really cool guy. Mm -hmm. Now what, what he's saying here is if you, Let's let's look at, for instance, the uh, health bribe that the federal government just offered Alberta. Yes, hey, Alberta, we'll give you more money for health care if you do this. Yeah. And my responses would, as the premier would have been, you know, f you. That's our money, and the constitution yeah. says we administer health care. You have nothing to do it. You give us money for infrastructure, and and we administer health care. So. Anytime our government has an opportunity to get back any money from the federal government, take it because that money isn't the federal government's. It never mm -hmm. was theirs in the first That's place. Right. Yeah. They don't own it. They don't have any right to it. That's our money. That's yeah. our money that Alberta sends to the federal government. 60 yeah. some odd billion of which we uh, only get back 33 billion. So $27 billion a year goes up in smoke. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, th this to me, that's not... It's not begging for handouts. It's simply saying, yeah, that's ours. Give it back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is what Quebec did, right? So here's your question right here from Easton. Uh, first Bingo. thing we need to do is uh, stop allow the feds to collect the taxes. How do we make that happen? Quebec did. So Quebec has provincial taxes out of the federal portion. Uh, yeah. They're able to, they don't send it to Ottawa and get it back. They keep it. Uh, Alberta should be doing that for sure. Absolutely. And we be. can. That's, that's one of the things that we can take control of in this province immediately. Yeah. yeah. This weekend, I, I had a conversation with a, a woman who is, she actually called herself a nationalist. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, you know, I was a nationalist and I, I love wearing my Canadian hockey jersey and blah, blah, blah. But there are certain things that just don't make a lot of sense. And, uh, and one of the things that I said to her is, you know, sending this taxation money to Ottawa first before we end up getting it back. And uh, she was like, well, to set that up for us to do it would just cost way too much. No. And, and people think of that. It's like, well, you know what? Instead of, instead of building a house, I'll just either, I'll just rent a house. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they don't notice that they should actually look at it. And yeah, if you can afford to build a house, you're probably better off in the long run. And maybe the long run is 20 some odd years as opposed to just renting. But everyone has their own reasons for doing that. And I still think that in in our case, yeah, it's going to cost a lot of infrastructure to do that, and some of the other uh, ideas that APP has put toward or put forward, but we'll be better off with it very quickly. Like not, maybe not only that, yeah, that's not even considering. Like, say we did that. Say we had an Alberta, you know, an Alberta Revenue Agency, and we did yeah. this, right? It's yeah. going to cost a lot of money to set that up. Canada right now has 1.5 million federal workers, most of which mm -hmm. reside in Eastern Canada, most of yeah. whom reside in the GTA. Yeah. So imagine, say we have one-tenth of that. Say we maintain a bloated bureaucracy that's going to yeah. handle the Alberta Revenue Agency. Yeah, That's that's like, that's 100 and, 
100 to 150,000 jobs yeah. that move from central and eastern Canada into Alberta. And yes, we that's too much. Yes, that's too many bureaucrats. It's too much money to pay for that kind of thing. But yeah. the economic impact to the province would be that that's 100 or 150,000 people who are spending money in Alberta now, not buying yeah. homes in the GTA, not yeah. causing you know, a, a three bedroom bungalow in Toronto to be priced at $950,000. Yeah. That moves, it shifts the balance of power from Eastern to Central Canada. Every single time we do one of these things as Albertans, when we take control of our police force, we shift power and money from Eastern Canada to yeah. Alberta. When we take control of taxation, we do the same thing. We take control of CPP. We immediately have a $3 billion increase in uh, what our pensioners get or a decrease in the amount of premiums we pay. That's right. Every single step, there is cost involved, Carrie. It's a big cost, but the, yeah. the return on investment for these things is absolutely mind boggling. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, Justin, Justin Trudeau's dad, Pierre, old Pierre, that's one of the reason why, reasons why he did a lot of the policies he did in the late seventies and early eighties, because Alberta was becoming the, the center of power in Canada and they mm -hmm. just could not have that. And those policies within uh, 10 years completely wiped that out to the point where Alberta was a have not province. And it was actually Quebec propping us up. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Wagner does a great presentation on that for uh, the, uh, um, oh, the name is, excuse me, the uh, national energy program. And um, you can always look up uh, Michael Wagner. Uh, yeah, actually Jason, he'd be a great guy to have on your show. If you, if you have, yeah, happy to. Yeah. Happy to. If you know him, send him my way for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you're listening, reach out. <laughs> Michael always listens to us. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, there's some yeah. good news. So I was talking with a gentleman named David Parker. I had him on my mm -hmm. show uh, not too long ago. Yeah. And recently we heard that Danielle smith decided to not she was going to renew the rcmp uh, contract yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and this is one of the things that we were watching very closely on because we do believe that we should have our community police here in alberta it shouldn't be yeah. a national anything yeah. um so when the announcement came out that she was going to renew that there was some frustration on our side but we got to speak to david parker about other things she's working on so she's got an incentive for municipalities to go ahead and change their police force to a municipal police force yeah, so right. Even though she's not quickly pulling the Band-Aid off, she's doing some healing behind the scenes by incentivizing municipalities to take over the police force. That's right. One like Grand by one. Uh, that's exactly. Right. Grand Prairie, Red Deer, I believe, is doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a few of them that have taken up that offer to go ahead and do that. So yeah. that's good news. And I think that's a step in the right direction uh, because your police officers should come from the community and be for mm -hmm. the community. So that's that's one of the the good things that i think danielle's doing that doesn't get enough play like many people didn't know that uh, we just heard the main story which is that she's not backing down and she's going to renew and of course and why did we hear will, that where did we hear it? Me, absolutely ah, let's make sure you hear that part we didn't but hear the, that from uh local but, uh independent journalists no well we did from here now and on yeah. your show but yeah. under this under the covers because she doesn't seem to be a braggadocious type of leader which is great i i kind of prefer leaders at work and get things done instead of bragging about it uh but here's an example of where you had to dig under the covers as independent journalists to find out the full story and the full story is yeah she's not kicking the rcmp out yet but she's absolutely replacing them in the municipalities where it matters so this is a, a good thing, and I, I think we should keep uh, bringing these kind of messages forward as well. 
And as that happens, as, as municipalities uh, move from RCMP to localized police forces, that also makes the overall transition easier once mm-hmm. Alberta, like, and that's why that the RCMP thing was put kind of on the back burner is because some of these transitions become much easier if we just take control of those things, which we can right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it, from my perspective, even an independent Alberta, you know, we can do all of these things that improve our position in Alberta, improve the quality of life of Alberta, Albertans, improve our economy, improve our environment. Uh, mm-hmm. We can do all of these things without doing anything drastic, like having a referendum. But we have to be prepared because there are some things we can't control. But if we get all that stuff out of the way, we work really hard and we do those things, you know, if it comes down to our negotiations with the federal government fail and we're unable to improve our position within Confederation, uh, mm-hmm. 90% of the work has been done. Uh, the success has been shown and and it it lays the foundation to standing up on our own. Absolutely. And, and I think the APP might agree with this next statement here. We need to replace these MPs because they're all federal MPs from large federal parties. Uh, we need to get some more independent minds in there uh, and send them to Ottawa. I'm not trying to plug myself here, but when you're working with um, Danielle Smith and, and you really want an independent Alberta, we really should be looking at having independent MPs that actually want to take Alberta's issues to Ottawa and yeah. not a part of platform, which is mostly controlled from the Ottawa Quebec uh, corridor there. Um, yeah. We want more representation in Alberta on a federal level. We need to start considering sending um, independent or other types of MPs that are not associated with a, a large party. I'm just going to put that out there because I think that's part of the trouble. We spend a lot of work trying to be independent in Alberta, but yet we still have federal representation on a national level, which is really heavily controlled by Ottawa and uh, Quebec voters, uh, yeah. not necessarily from the West. So I'll put it out there. Maybe we should be looking at strategically sending uh, certain MPs to Ottawa that have Alberta's interests at heart uh, and not necessarily I, I, I a national think, party. I think that's a great idea. I think the voters, though, the average voter doesn't look at it that way. They really no, do that's the trouble. for a party. We saw that during the, uh, the provincial election. There were so many smaller parties and they were afraid that, the, the, you know, you had to vote in, otherwise you'd end up getting the wrong party in. So they voted for mm. the party and it didn't matter who was running for the party, they voted for the party. And I think that's the same thing that happens federally. Well, the benefit we have yeah. on the federal side is it doesn't matter what we do in Alberta. It doesn't matter who we elect in Alberta. Yeah. So if we don't elect a concern, well, you know, we could end up with a, a liberal government again, but I doubt it. My point is, our voices in the West, collectively, uh, British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, all together even, we've we've had elections where we've been completely blue right across the board and yeah. still not even made a dent in federal politics. You know, that's, yeah. that right. is a big, that's a big, big problem. If we had some reform and we actually balanced things out a little bit so that we had a chance of, of uh, having our voices heard policy-wise in the East on a federal mm-hmm. level, you know, that's one thing, but... Uh, you know, we just we just don't have that right now. And to, to get that requires constitutional reform. And like I said before, really, the only way we can get constitutional reform is if we have the leverage to do it. So I, I would I would genuinely love to see some uh, nonpartisan people in politics federally speaking their mind. Yeah. But again, you know how much how much time is actually even allotted to an independent in Ottawa right now. Like this, the whole structure of that is designed so that the power remains the power and people that speak outside of it, man, it's just, 
how do you even how do you break through that even to get on the floor to speak mm -hmm. well okay. i have an answer to that so yeah you get allocated time when you bring things forward so if you bring a motion and you want to bring something forward in the agenda you are time limited but you're not time limited on opposition so the most effective thing i would be doing if i was an mp would be opposing all of them so i could stand up and talk at any time because really my function there is as a true opposition i wouldn't be able to bring members bill that actually make much waves because i'd have to get support from a bunch of others but i absolutely can oppose unlimitedly uh, a number of mps so I wouldn't be restricted a number of times I would object or stand up and oppose what's being said. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be that would be fantastic to watch. I, I actually <laughs> I see it playing out like a cartoon version of the Chris and Kerry show. Yeah, right collectively a bunch <laughs> of people going, because oh, Jason yeah. again. Oh, oh yeah, collectively. And because how many of us sit at home and we watch the parliamentary debates? Zero. How many yeah. of us we do watch it though, some of us. And mm. I just wish that somebody would stand up and be like, you idiot! You can't do that! You know, but yeah. nobody does it. They're all like, oh yeah, my R, the honorable this, the honorable that. I'm sorry, but some of the things they're doing aren't honorable. You know, yeah. uh, putting putting the sanctity of human life uh, lower than a gopher, that's not honorable. It's disgusting. A lot of the things that are happening is disgusting, and I, that's that would be cool to see someone like you standing up and, uh, and saying yeah. it on the floor. Yeah. yeah, I would be annoyed. They'd find me annoying for sure, because if I asked a question and it wasn't answered, I'd repeat the question. I wouldn't oh, yeah. stand up and ask my next question. I would repeat the question. Yeah. Okay, so why is the education blah, blah, blah? Uh, repeat it. Um, and I'm not there to make friends, obviously, uh, but I'm definitely there to get answers for Alberta. So, yeah, yeah I think it would be, I would, might be the most uh, complained about MP. It wouldn't stick because I'm not doing anything wrong, but they yeah. certainly would would uh, cringe and and they wouldn't share the uh, lunchroom with me. I'm pretty sure I'd be eaten alone. But no, in either case, yeah, no, for that, sure. That's the whole point. I'm not looking to join a club. I'm yeah. looking to get the message for Alberta there and bring back to Alberta what we're expecting to get done. If it's just looking for answers for now because we don't have a lot of power, that's a good start because um, yeah. I can knock on doors at least and I can look into yeah. filing that's cabinets right. like. That's you got to get in front of people. That's right. Yeah. And, it, and it could be a few elections before we really get some power. I do have a, uh, an idea that I've been bouncing around some people, yeah. and that is um, not to target government, but to target the balance of power. The balance of power is currently with the NDP in the West. So if we were able to replace them as the balance of power, independence, PPC, otherwise, um, we would be able to uh, guide and shepherd whatever parties in power likely conservative next, but it likely might be a minority government, which means the balance of power is going to be incredibly important. The most uh, powerful person right now is Jugmeet Singh, uh, yeah. not Trudeau. It's Jugmeet because Jugmeet is the one that has the deal to give them the votes to go ahead and make that happen for Trudeau and company. But could you imagine if it wasn't NDP who had the balance of power, it was another group or a collection of independents. Then we can start to move that needle. We can get Pierre... Uh, grounded and anchored more into conservative beliefs because we'd be holding him accountable. And we'd also be able to fight against any liberal initiatives and the liberal challenges that come up if they end up winning. Um, I think if we focused, because we only need like 25 seats or so, if we were to focus in the West of sending an independent power to Ottawa, it actually would be the West that's controlling a lot of the debates and a lot of the deals going on because they'd mm -hmm. have to work with us. It's not going to be like the liberal and conservatives get together. <laughs> you won't see that. But they'd have to work with uh, the independents or the, the balance of power. 
Yeah. That Here's would be question. interesting. The only the only problem I see with that is, you know, you, you might be able to flip some NDP voters that vote NDP out of just disdain or disgust for everybody else. I'm just going to mm-hmm. throw away my vote on orange just because I hate everybody else. Mm, yeah. Th- those ones you might get. But there are a there's a large group of people in this country who actually believe in the in the communistic values of the NDP. They are they are they actually believe in that. They believe that the government should control everything. They believe that they're not going to be safe unless the government tells them what to do. And that's what they're voting for. So that's that's a that is a really, really tough egg to crack there, uh, especially coming from someone that believes in freedom and has fairly libertarian ideas, uh, which Mm -hmm. I do as well. They they do not resonate very well with uh, a true NDP supporter, unfortunately. Now, there's good news around that. So I got a two-pronged approach for you here on Chris. So NDP supporters, and, and we got this out of the PPC of all the places, the PPC party have been keeping their numbers. Uh, it looks like the NDP voter is frustrated. They're split. There's the traditional NDP voter, which is not happy with the current leadership, which is basically a liberal government. Um, so they're not happy about that. So if Jugmeet is still the leader in the next election, they are looking to possibly leave. Uh, and then the second group that the PPC party have identified that are moving over to the PPC are parents. So even if you're NDP and even if you're socialist, some parents think it's gone too far. So there's parents within that group as well who are looking to find other places to go. And that's also happening in the Liberal Party. So the Liberal Party members are leaving the Liberal Party because of the parent issue, the children indoctrination. It's just gone too far for a lot of people. So the PPC have seen most of their new members come from NDP and Liberal um, Party, and it's not coming from the CPC. I would, I, there's a bunch of questions kind of relating to the, the MP uh, and, and where that would go. Good questions. What what would be a good riding in Alberta to have our MP do that? And uh, there's a couple of people that have said I could see uh, Calgary West being a good riding for that. Um, if you vote for someone who stands up for the West, they still have to follow the federal party line. One of Maverick in the West. Well, again, Maverick is also a party, so they're going to be following that party as opposed to a true independent, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then another question here, if any MP in the federal parliament quits their party, they become an independent. And what power do they actually have? What can be done to get Western MPs to quit the CPC or, or, or basically they're just saying, do we bribe them? <laughs> I yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that bribery part will work. Yeah, it's criminal code, I think, 187. <laughs> but um, either, either case, they're not wrong here. So, yeah. yes, if we could get CPC to drop. And it's, it might be around um, Pierre says he does something and he doesn't, and it's just far too left, and then people may drop. Um, and what riding would work? Uh, I think Yellowhead has a position. It, yeah. Historically, um, so this is where Joe Clark, Clark came from. He came from Yellowhead. So we absolutely have uh, the history of big MPs and, and strong leaders coming from here. Preston Manny also ran, ran here as well. So there's a bit of a reform and independent um, a stripe in, in Yellowhead. And we're also very fed up because being a, an oil uh, employment type of place, it's not working. <laughs> the federal CPC are completely ignoring us. Uh, they're not bringing energy back. Oil's not flowing. Um, farmer issues were ignored last year. The fertilizer issue was completely ignored by our MP. And in fact, our MP is actually pushing some liberal loans on farmers, which is just an entrapment for uh, the land grab. 
because uh, the first time now with this new program from the Liberal government, uh, they're tying the loan to the property, to the actual land, when it used to be for the crop. Um, mm. So even here in, in uh, Yellowhead, our Conservative MP is ushering our neighbors, farmers, uh, towards uh, programs that are not for our benefit. Uh, mm. Anytime the Liberal Party announces something, they're proud of it. Unfortunately, the announcement reaches out here as well, and it's not an opposition position. It's a, look, uh, the federal government has provided some more money to help you out. But if you read the fine print, you now are tying it to your land, not your crop. So if you have a bad year, you can lose a farm, not just uh, your crop. So, you know, things like that around here, we're, we're, we're a smart group around here in Alberta. So we are paying attention and we're just not happy with that. So from my neighbors, they're saying, look, we, we need some more stronger conservative representation. And as a, a conservative liberal or a conservative independent, I absolutely yeah. can represent that view. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to be a little bit controversial and offensive here. Okay, so my cool. position on federal and provincial politics is that federal politics, from the perspective of an Albertan who wants the sovereignty that we that belongs to us already, I really don't think federal politics we have i don't think we have a, a chance at changing anything in federal politics before things get so bad that we can't change them now that's that's just my opinion and, and, and i'm hoping that you can comment on that um the reason why i'm so invested with organizations like the alberta prosperity project and focusing on alberta in particular is because i truly and genuinely believe that if one of the provinces stands up and we say enough is enough to the federal government and we, we do it a legal way, a lawful way, a peaceful way that will encourage other provinces to stand up as well. And mm -hmm. it's my opinion that we can get this done in the 18 to 24 month time period, you know, with an effective referendum campaign, a solid educational campaign, we can do it. So how would you hope to make any kind of significant changes on a federal level before many of these policies that will strip away our sovereignty personally and as a province are are passed as law so that's a really tough question and what i would be pushing for is accountability and transparency on the current government and the future government and pushing really hard on stuff like that for example one of the things peckford and i spoke about yesterday was uh, requiring audits full audits on the party so right now, the uh, Elections Canada only requires auditing on your contributions. So where do you get money from? They don't require full auditing on how you spend that. Um, so one of the first things we would like to try and maybe push forward, and this could be a voluntary thing on the party's mm. side. Like, look, if we position it in such a way that, hey, be a modern party, you go ahead and full audits and you open your books, uh, it might be a way to get them to start wisening up on how they do their things. The reason why this got brought up is the election interference from foreign uh, interference as well. Uh, are they being paid uh, a bribery? Like one of your guys just mentioned here, one of the ways to talk to CPC party might be bribery. I, I don't know about that, mm -hmm. but uh, if they were to do full audits, we might be able to find out what to do in there. So one of the first pushes we can do there, Chris, is maybe request, demand, or entice the parties to start opening up and being more transparent with uh, the funds that they ha they have um also want to take a closer look at special interest and how much power they actually have within the parties and i think again part of the audit could help expose that and i do think that if there's enough pressure but maybe a maxine bernier type of person or the ppc itself maybe announces that they do full audits there might be a way to get the larger parties to kind of follow along voluntarily uh, not necessarily by force 
or by statute. Now, if they do do that, that could then become something that turns into statute. Uh, maybe Elections Canada picks that up and says, you know what, that's a great idea across the board. Let's go ahead and implement uh, transparency and auditing on the party level. That mm -hmm. may be a way to quickly start to get people back into line if they have to expose that. Uh, and then the second part to that is um, recall. We need the, the ability to do recalls. Proper recall, not... Yeah. Uh, 40% not the, not the 40% correct so so to take a look at California which is 20% um, mm -hmm. and there's also another formula based on uh, population and stuff like that but we need genuine recall rights here in Canada not this well, fake how, how one, do we which how do we get that demand it we need to start educating people on this power because we've heard too many times out of the federal government and even provincial governments especially in Ontario that your voice only counts once every four years it shouldn't. Your voice should be counting 365 days a year, all four, to four years of that term. And the way to do that is you have the ability to fire them. Basically, we all could be fired if we're not performing on our job, except these people who are elected in. Um, and we need to have a, a recall rights. And this is exactly the only way I think you can do that. Because even the prime the minister way, himself should The way be to get recall, recall rights is through legislation. And the way to get legislation is to have it passed through parliament. Now, the problem is... Correct. First of all, right now, the, the government we've had for the last few years will never get it because they know that their people would be recalled, it, 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 certainly if the bar was set to a reasonable level. But now, if we're, if we're looking at uh, uh, demanding recall legislation, it for sure won't happen until Justin Trudeau and his liberal government are a thing of the past. Correct. It um, won't come in really, through like, them, maybe. We, what, we, what we saw here in Alberta, we demanded that in Alberta. We got it. We do have some form of recall legislation here. Right. But the, the bar is set so high that it was just smoke and mirrors by a party who called themselves conservative, um, told us they were giving us what they want. But the reality was all they did was use that as a stepping stone to make government. Now, the bar was low because we were kicking out an NDP government. But nonetheless, we got what we asked for. We demanded this recall legislation and it didn't do it. So, you know, I, I think both of those things are great. But uh, on a on a timeline basis i really i just can't grasp how they could how they could make a significant impact in the near future to avoid some of the catastrophic policy we're going to see especially considering that a lot of it is even coming from the you know what who call themselves conservatives blows mm -hmm. my mind yeah. absolutely blows my mind i wish we had seen uh independent uh, uh candidates and and this really strong desire to change things and have strong opposition. I wish you'd seen this like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah and maybe another short-term solution is to really promote the idea of an independent candidate, educate people on what that means, get this whole splitting the vote narrative addressed and show people how it actually can work. And we don't have to have independent coast-to-coast. -coast. We really could be strategic and selective on, on how many we need. Um, and if we really had, let's say, Leslie and Lewis, and we had some other conservatives that switched over to independent, uh, and they stepped forward and said, look, Canada, in order to do this properly, we need 30 independents in the next house, so 10% or so of all the MPs be independent. And we did some sort of a campaign and really educated people and had some good, strong options for people to vote on, and really started to twist the idea that you need to follow a party and, and turn it into you need to follow a candidate and really yeah. know who that candidate is, yeah. then we might be able to have some success. If we're looking at like a 10% uh, 
uh, of, of all MPs becoming an independent mindset, that yeah. would be enough to get that little balance of power going and uh, enough voices in there that it's not we're not alone anymore. There, there's a few of us. Um, and I think that could be a short term solution if we educate Canada on the power of an independent. The other thing I've, yeah, the other thing I've seen is that on a ballot, instead of putting the name and the party, you just put the name. And the reason is, is because then it, ha it forces the, uh, the voter to actually be educated on who that pers particular person is running for, if that's the way that they're doing it. Otherwise, you know, they're just people. And that's kind that's of the way point. we should be voting is we should just be voting for the people. Right? Sure. And I can't remember if it says incumbent on the ballot as well. Uh, if it I, does, that should be possible. gone. That's right, too. Exactly. Uh, Easton has uh, another good suggestion. Third, we need to limit terms to two terms. For, uh, yeah. Problem is that all MPs are only interested in continuing their term until they go get the golden ticket. I'm not going to say two terms because two terms is eight years. And it, I think it takes a one term just to kind of get up to speed. We'll we'll see that a lot of the cabinet ministers are not in the in not doing stuff in their first term because they're deer in the headlights. They don't really know what they're doing. But maybe a second and possibly a third. Maybe after the third, I don't know. That's that could be debatable too. Well, yeah, I so say, I, uh, if we have good recall legislation, then it doesn't then matter how need it. Terms, right? Yeah, you're right. And if they're doing right. a good job, why would we want to fire a good a good politician to replace him with a potential bad one? That's that's right. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. That would be my position as well. Term limits, you will term out good MPs. Yeah. Simply yeah. put. Yeah. So um, if you do have good recall, then you, you don't need that uh, mechanism that's anymore. Right. That's right. So we're at an hour and 15 minutes, and I know we've got quite a few comments still coming to go. I just want to make sure that you're okay for maybe another 10 minutes or so. There, I'm, I'm the best time oh, stealer oh, on, on podcasts. So. <laughs> I will absolutely con concede, and you can steal some more time. I, I had Peckford on for an extra hour, so oh, this well, is karma. We're, this is we're, karma. Certainly, we're certainly not Peckford. <laughs> you know, um, I'll, I'll stick around for a bit. about Brian Peckford okay. before we get into this question. So I interviewed Brian Peckford uh, early on into my fight with the government, and yeah. the reason I did it was because I read some of his stuff, and I watched him speak in Vancouver, and I was like, "Are you are you kidding me? This guy actually." he debated and and signed his name to our constitution yeah. this guy knows what that document is so i i did everything i could i tracked him down uh when i actually drove out to parksville um when we were locked down and un, un we weren't allowed to travel to different provinces i drove out there uh and actually got stalked by some people that because of my alberta license plate but anyway I, I had a discussion with him. I interviewed him and he said that he would be more than happy to be an expert witness for me That's in right. my court case and tell the judge, no, this is not what we meant when we said demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. He said he's more than happy to, and, and he became the, um, the chair of taking back our freedoms, which he, I think he's stepped down since then, but he was in some legal proceedings and you know what the judge said? They said, we're not going to allow you as a witness because you have no standing to testify on these matters. A signator of the charter itself who negotiated yes. yeah. who knew has what, no standing on the 17 issue. 17 months he spent with his peers, the premiers of the other provinces mm -hmm. and, and Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, 17 months debating this and, and talking about what that document meant. And a judge said, no, you don't have any standing to speak to the the interpretation of section one 
Yeah. So this is part Unreal. of the uh, problem. No, that's part of the problem. You have a single mind making big, important decisions and doing stuff like that. Um, yep. I don't know if you need hot benches now where you need three out of three judges. So two out of three make a decision. But we certainly I have a concern where there's lots of presidents being set and lots of decisions being made by one mind, just one person. Yeah. Um, and that sounds and incredible. Like, who would they accept as an expert witness on the uh, on the charter if it's not a living signatory? A government-approved political scholar. But here's where it gets even worse. I don't know if you're aware. Uh, well, I'm sure you are. Do you remember the Rook Order? Sorry, the Rick Roll? It's almost sounded like you said Rick Roll. Rook Order? Rook Order. No. John Rook, he wrote an order uh, that AHS applied for condemning every man, woman, and child in Alberta to comply with the uh, now found out illegal CMOH orders. So yes. it read uh, the respondents were uh, Whistle Stop Cafe, Christopher Scott, Glenn Carrot. There was a couple others on there. John and Jane Doe in Alberta. Now this judge, HS went to this judge and they said, we need you to write an order to make these guys stop breaking our rules. And the judge said, okay, sure, I'll write this order to 4.8 million people in this province. That judge didn't even bother to check on the legitimacy of the order itself. That judge, an associate chief justice practicing in this province for 30 plus years, didn't bother to make sure that what AHS was doing was lawful and had been done properly before he condemned every Albertan, ended up uh, throwing me in jail for contempt of court, fined me $30,000, contempt or uh, compelled speech, unable to leave the province, 18 months of probation, and that's how easy it was. And it took him one day. No, that's scary. Right an injunction for four point eight million. How's that? Well, the Ingram decision said if uh, if Henshaw made the decision, it would have been valid. Yeah. That's one mind. That's one person. That's one decision. That's that's yeah. scary. That's scary. very scary. And there should be four point eight million people in this province that have a problem with that, especially considering that our our judges are assigned by the federal government. Correct. And that was one of the things I listed at uh, Danielle Smith should do, and she should kick out all federal judges and appoint Albertans. Yep. Uh, we should have Albertans doing the federal judgments here, not yeah. Ottawa. That, that's true. And I would go even further, and I would say that we should not have the crown as executives on, on law in this province. The provinces should have that jurisdiction themselves. And you know what? If they did, those four men who were in jail that were at Coots for standing up for themselves and their friends and neighbors yeah. may not be in jail right now. That's right. Absolutely. And you're, and you're not wrong there. That was one judge who made a decision very early to deny bail to Chris Lysak. Uh, her comments were, I'm not even looking. I'm not going to release you. And she put her package down and didn't even, all she was doing is she read the crown side of things. The crown said, Hey, these are dangerous men. They're going to kill everybody. And she didn't even read the defense side of it at all, which is no, they're not. Um, and yeah, that's why they're still there. And then the that second, might be different uh, if it was a judge with Alberta values, mm -hmm. or three judges on those kind of decisions, like that's if you're going to take away liberty, if you're going to take away someone's liberty, I think that's one of the places where there should be three judges. Or if you're going to offer immunity for something, there should be three judges. Uh, that shouldn't be a single decision. And, and maybe we can start there. <laughs> uh, and I do understand that there's going to be some, uh, the AGM here for the U UCP party here in November. Let's pay close attention and see what comes out of there. Uh, I hope there'll be some um, drafts around 
some uh, legal or, or judicial reform. And yeah. hopefully they paid attention to what's going on here in Lethbridge and Medicine Hat in Calgary with the four gentlemen because the conditions for them and the denial of bail. And by the way, there is some sort of court-appointed um, limitation on their housing. So the court actually told the remand center to even limit uh, their housing conditions based on what normal is there. Uh, this gives them some solitary confinement. It gives them some things they don't have access to that other people do have access to. Um, so I'd like to find out maybe in the future, what did the court provide to the remand center? Because they called it limited housing. This is what the order was. Yeah. I'd like to get the contents of that because we shouldn't be doing that. If, yeah, if you're going to go to the remand center, yeah. they, they do what they do there. The court shouldn't be imposing additional limits there. And again, this gets back to the, the equal under the law. We've kind of come full, Correct, full simple. Like if you're asking those questions, you should be as a journalist. And how do you become an accredited journalist? And especially, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, know. I don't want to. But but what I would like to see is some reform in Alberta around journalism in the courts. So right yeah. now, they absolutely have uh, accredited, centered journalism only in the Alberta court system. In fact, if you read the rules and, and the statutes around this, it is very anti-independent. What I'd like to see happen is anybody, any of the 4.5 million Albertans who want to walk in and say, I want to be a journalist for this court proceeding, can be. Fill out a little yeah. form, you sign a document that says it's a privilege, not a right. Uh, here are the rules you got to follow. And if you vitiate or, or break any of them or breach any of them, you lose this privilege. Yeah. So by default, you have the ability to be a reporter or a journalist. And you can continue to be for the rest of your life if you abide by the court decorum and the court rules. And by the way, the same rules that the accredited media has to follow as well. So I would have no problem doing that. But to require somebody to prove themselves through an organization approved by the government before you can even write about the court matter, that's a broken system, completely broken system. And, and what we saw from this is there was no accredited media for the uh, Coots gentleman at all. Uh, two days during the trial, uh, Rebel was there, but they weren't there for the entire time and they weren't there before then. Um, so we had a very strong deficiency of media reporting on this particular matter because the accredited media chose not to show up. Yeah. We should have the mechanism where independent journalists can come forward, sign a document, attest to it, follow the rules. It's a privilege, not a right. Uh, and if you don't do what was right as a journalist, then you can be uh, taken off. But until then, you should have all the abilities necessary to go ahead and report to the public what's happening in a court system. Because without yeah, that, like we that really idea. don't have democracy. Yeah. I think that's a that's a pretty interesting. interesting is that a, is that like how would that be implemented? Would that go? Through? I have to sue. Oh, oh, is that right? Yep, I have to sue. So you, some of us are talking about that. You couldn't just go to the uh, the current government AGM and propose that as a policy i don't know you actually it's too late actually, too late those have already been done September yeah, 15th. yeah the deadline is, is the deadline so here, okay. here i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about this for just a moment jason have you seen uh any of the proposed policy resolutions that the alberta prosperity project supports being tabled at the agm no i'd like okay, to know. so carrie carrie and i are going to get that to you which means carrie's going to get that to you <laughs> Typically, um, <laughs> so the things that the things that we're supporting in these policy resolutions, they if if all these things were implemented into law in the next legislative sitting, which is the fall, probably more likely would be the spring, but Leighton figures it could be the fall. Um, it would absolutely transform the face of this province. Yeah. Like wow. there's things in there that touch on almost everything we've talked about today. Yeah. Uh, one of the major things was amendments to the Interpretation Act. 
which would prevent mm-hmm. judges from taking judicial notice and ignoring evidence right. that we talked about. Um, another one of them is strengthening the, uh, uh, oh my goodness, strengthening how the courts are required to look at section one of the constitution and yeah. what in particular constitutes a demonstrably justified infringement of our rights. So mm-hmm. like, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And there's, there's, I get flack and the odd, uh, you know, rebuke for encouraging people to get involved with this AGM and vote on these policies. Uh, Cause there's still a lot of people who are, they were hurt by what the UCP did. They were completely let down by what our government and Jason Kenney did to us over the pandemic and how it was handled. And, you know, myself included, they chained my restaurant. But as right. I look at these policies and I realize that if we bring enough people to these things, if we show up when we vote on them, how fast we can make law that's to our benefit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have no, I have no choice, but to, but to pursue those options. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll get that to you. Yeah. And then have a read at it. And maybe you want to talk about it on one of your shows, but there is some amazing stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, for people. sure. I'd like to have Leighton uh, Gray on and, and some more people from your APP to come and talk about Ingram and this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's make this happen. And is that a document on the APP website? And can we download it? I think I had uh, asked somebody to do that. I'm going to end up having to look back and see if that has been done. And if so, where the link is, because honestly, I just don't know where it is. And now, now keep in mind, these aren't just these aren't UCP no resolutions these are policy resolutions that came from the people it's the Mm -hmm. people who who came up with these ideas and they're presenting them to government to be brought in and debated on and brought into law and that's how that works so this isn't to advocate advocating for the ucp this is advocating for the people's voices making their way into the governing party and becoming law that's right yeah yeah, and I was pretty excited about this process. I got invited to participate, but a little bit late, because uh, I'd like to see paralegals become licensed in in uh, Alberta. Same thing that we had in Ontario. Licensed paralegals really lower the access to the justice system, access to legal, and it really mm-hmm. helps people get what they need. Uh, something that Alberta doesn't do yet, but it would be great to see licensed paralegals become a thing in Alberta. We have something like that. We have something like that in Alberta. We have... Um, we, we can have something like a legal representative, like they can't mm-hmm. give you legal advice, but they can actually argue on your behalf in court. So they know law. They, they, I mean, they're, they're lawyers by experience. They just can't give you legal advice because they're not part of the bar, which I thought was interesting that we have that in Alberta. I don't think any other province has that or maybe yeah. one. Yeah. It's very restricted too, though. Under certain yeah, circumstances, yeah. you can do that. Like family can do it. If the, an employee, no, for no a business, criminal they law, can do it. nothing like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All well, licensed paralegals, one step. Yeah. Yeah, one step above that, one step below le- uh, lawyers themselves. So small claims, court, a summary conviction items, uh, you know, less than six months or $5,000, uh, paralegals hand- handle that. But the murders and severe stuff stay with the lawyers. Uh, it worked for Ontario because Ontario's system was about to collapse under its own size and so on weight until mm-hmm. they introduced the paralegal, the licensed paralegal. And that really reduced the cost to uh, the judicial system. Now, of course, lawyers put up quite the fight for that because they thought it would be a territorial and be horrible for them. But it turned out Ontario lawyers actually embrace them now. Uh, basically, every law firm has paralegals because paralegals definitely take care of with their license quite a bit of the work that wasn't lucrative. So it really worked out well for the law firms in Ontario to have both 
types of licenses in there. So I'd like to say that move its way to Alberta because if you need a traffic issue or a small claims court, you shouldn't be looking at three, four, or five hundred dollars an hour for that. Um, so this is can, it's kind of like our uh, LPNs here. Like they can do some doctor things, but they're not doctors, and it helps take the load off uh, the doctors mm -hmm. to do more uh, technical things, right? Right, and you have paramedics. You don't send doctors out to car accidents. You have paramedics, so they do most of the work and bring it to the doctor. Um, same type of thing, but on the legal cool. side. I am. Uh, I think we could keep talking for hours, and and I'm sure we could. <laughs> but maybe yeah, we'll have I mean, you back on, back on a show again, and and maybe even uh, Crystal, Chris, and I'll have you on our uh, our own Chris and Carrie show, and uh, and we can talk a little bit more about uh, a lot of this other stuff. Again, wrapping it up with uh, the APP. Uh, Bo is basically, you know, the federal jurisdiction coming coming in, affecting the uh, uh, the ability of uh, independent journalists, and uh, we, you know, we should be able to somehow have some mechanism to go back to the federal government and say, hands off, we want to be able to do our own uh, reporting, our own journalism, and get our our name out to whoever we feel like. Uh, as opposed to having to be restricted by certain websites and that. So, Carrie, can you, you put Marco's comment up quick, please? Yes, I had that uh, signed here. Just a second. There. No. Hey, so, Marco, my buddy, how you doing, bud? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that one. It was the other one. Oh, is the problem it? Is that policy passed on the AGM floor don't become legislation? Parties not legally obligated. That's a few yeah. up. No, while you're looking for that, anyway, so maybe there's comment, a journalist bill that, that we could do, one that allows journalism in the court, allows us to opt out of C-18. Maybe Alberta should step forward with some sort of media or journalism bill. That's yeah. a good idea. So Marco Van Hugenbos, who was pivotal in the, the Coots demonstration, also a heck of a guy, if you, if you haven't yeah. met him. You should. I, I think he's a friend. He's been on my show a dozen times now. Uh, had his interview just the other day. It was a two-hour interview with him. Yeah, well, I know. I know you met him. I was talking to the people in Facebook land. This is he, for sure. He's a heck of a heck of a family man, and he really wants to make a difference in this province. Anyway, Marco says the problem is that policy passed on the AGM floor don't become legislation. The party's not legally obligated to fall through. That's true. Correct. One of the policy yeah. resolutions says that anything passed on the AGM floor must be uh, debated and brought into law. Mm -hmm. Well, so that means it's not in effect yet, but that could be a policy that goes yes. in effect this time around for yeah. all future ones. Now, something yeah. like that, that's a, that is a really good metric to see how grassroots your party is. If your party won't pass legislation or, or party policy, for that matter, that says that the people's policies that are brought forth and voted on by the members have to be debated and brought in as legislation, if they refuse that, what does that say about Absolutely. their grassrootiness? Yeah. Right? It doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one for me, and I'll be watching really closely and voting on it, of course. Yeah. Now, does it work the other way? Can they bring forward policy that didn't come through the AGM? So can they tack on things later, or does it have to come through the AGM? Like the the party? Mm -hmm. The government itself. Can they go ahead and add to that list, but it didn't go through the AGM? Or does everything come out of the AGM and go to the party? That's a good question. I mean, our legislators, yeah. we elect them, and we give them leeway to make law on our, to our benefit, right? But I think something like this, if we specifically say we want this policy or this law or this whatever brought into legislation for our benefit, I think they have like what, what we're saying is that they should have a duty to get that done. They should have a duty to debate that and and bring it to fruition at face value. You know, mm -hmm. and they, they're obviously going to know some things that we don't know. 
it'll eventually make its way down to Calgary to uh, Jason Kenny, who is now a consultant at one of the law firms that uh, writes policy for the government. So maybe he'll come across his desk and he'll have to put his lawyer touches on it. But yeah, some of these questions, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on, but I think that uh, if it was, if a party really wanted to be grassroots and, and walk that path, then they would have to pass those things that were brought up at the AGM and not change them and bastardize them so they didn't look like what had been brought forth. Yeah. And it looks like Marco just answered my question there. It looks like they can go ahead and legislate whatever they want. That's right. There you go. Thank you, Marco. So, how do how do our viewers get a hold of you? Get to watch what you're doing there, Jason. Sure. So, yeah, yellowhead.vote. That would be a great place to get started. Um, there's my bio there. There's some information there, and if you look at the top, there's feeds. So you go ahead and find where I am online, and uh, that's everywhere except for YouTube. So YouTube is now broken. <laughs> they deleted my channel, but you can find me everywhere as Jason Levine MP. And uh, absolutely having a, a ton of a wicked, awesome guests coming up. And uh, you can also go through my archive. Uh, it's all on Rumble. So on Rumble, you'll find my Peckford interview. There's quite a few. And the Theo Fleury one is one I would highly recommend a lot of people check out. Because I think Theo Fleury has the right answer for Canada. And that's mental health of an, an adult. He, he mm -hmm. believes that the trauma in adults is too high. And we need to focus there. And then everything else will work itself out once we address uh, the adults in the room. Um, but yeah, you'll find all my interviews. Uh, Dr. Mackis is on there. Peter McCullough is on there. Uh, Maxine Bernier. Uh, we've we've uh, touched base with quite a few people, and there's a lot more to come. So you can find me as Jason Levine MP on Rumble, Twitter, or X, and everywhere else except for YouTube. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking time out of your life to to do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. I mean, no, this I'm well, well, let me ask you guys. Yeah, I have an opening September 4th, 4 p.m. Can I get you both onto my show for a couple hours? Hit me back after and let me know. Like yeah, I'll let you know. Happening on September 5th. I know. Well, place. September 4th, we're, uh, we're actually supposed to be cleaning up the Bashaw agricultural grounds for doing our rodeo next Saturday, or next Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. But you yeah. know what? We're, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, yeah, let me uh, let me get back to you on uh, on September uh, September 4th uh, at, from 4 till 6 is what you said? Okay. So 4 to 6 p.m., yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you know. I was actually considering flying somewhere for September fifth, but <laughs> well, this will be the fourth, so you're good on the fifth. You can do whatever you want on the fifth. Going to happen? Oh, the fifth, yeah, fourth, yeah. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, awesome. we'll see. Okay, yeah, just hit me up. You know how to get a hold of me, and I'd yeah, be happy absolutely. to come on any other great. time. That sounds great. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Jason and Chris, for taking your time and and being able to do this. And of course, thank you for everyone out there staying online and watching and listening and commenting and asking questions. Of course, we do weekly webinars every Wednesday with new speakers and new information as we go along. And we try and make things topical and timely. So who knows what's actually going to happen next week. But you can be sure that we'll be here on uh, Wednesday at seven o'clock. And uh, we hope to see everybody there. So with that, um, I'd oh, also Gary, to yes. mention, yes. we will also be on uh, the pavilion stage September 8th, 9th, and 10th uh, in Bashaw. That's right. At oh, well. uh, Bibles and Bulls, yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to share information. <laughs> just to say that. Just as a little plug. So yeah, well, you can definitely even have a chat with us, although we'll be running around like uh, chickens with their head cut off. But uh, if you can track us down, I'm sure you can easily have a conversation with us. We'll uh, extend the invitation to Jason. Hopefully he can uh, maybe come out and visit us for one of those days. And uh, 
that would be, be great pleasure. kids and, and do all that and uh, but the one thing i did want to say is that we're always looking for volunteers as well we we have some events that are going to be coming up in the fall that we definitely want to have people involved with and uh, we're going to be doing a, a tour i'm not even sure if i can even announce it just let's just call it the uh, app tour and um can we can we announce anything chris do you know you know which one the app tour is it <laughs> one can't... of our friends from the western center yes yeah <laughs> one yeah, of our sure, friends yeah. Yeah. So Corey Morgan has actually uh, said that he's uh, going to be able to do a tour and we're going to call it kind of the ambassador tour where we come out, oh, we, cool. we talk to people about the APP message and get them to be ambassadors and go out and talk to, you know, their family and their friends and get people involved. And of course, the reason is, is because we need numbers. We need strength in numbers. And uh, it's it's nice when you're talking to people in our bubble, but we need to extend the bubble. And uh, just like you said, Jason, that, you know, the bubble of the of YouTube and your YouTube channel seems to have popped. But how do you go out mm -hmm. and reach new people then? So that's, that's kind of what we're looking at doing. So hopefully uh, we'll get some stuff on the website and we'll be able to get even talk about it more at uh, one of the webinars so. and that's it's, yeah. it's critically important because folks out there in facebook land um, yeah. you have no idea the amount of power and influence you have the yeah. world is not going to change because me and carrie and jason go online and do webinars and podcasts that's not going to change the world we yeah. may change somebody's mind or make them feel something about a certain subject what changes the world is when those people are motivated enough to start having conversations with people at the grocery store or conversations with people at a backyard barbecue, that stuff changes the world. And that's why we want to do the ambassador program because we want to equip all of you folks out there with the, with the tools and resources you need so that you can have effective conversations with your friends, neighbors, and your enemies, and you can uh, help them become, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, mates with us on the path to prosperity. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And what one of my viewer does, and she tells me she does this all the time, she goes into her backyard and she plays the audio loud. She wants her <laughs> neighbors to Really? Hear. So this is how That's she's great. getting the message out. Yes. <laughs> I, I say most of this stuff, unless, unless we're actually pointing something out on a page or reading something, you could listen to while you're driving along. And so mm -hmm. we, we post these on uh, the christiancarryshow.com. Uh, we're on Rumble and uh, uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, uh, Apple. Uh, and we also do this through uh, Alberta Prosperity Project. They've got a whole list of uh, suites as well, including Rumble and uh, uh, Twitter. They do a live Twitter feed. So there you go. So, you know, that's, that's the only way we're going to get out there and uh, and have this independent journalism out there and uh and hopefully making some change out there so thank you very much you both for your time i really appreciate thank you it very much. and thank god you. bless thank everybody god bless all right we'll see you guys next time i gotta put the little ending on here because i'm there uh, running the show okay good night everybody good night good night